one more with Joanna and Daphne, a fitness and nutrition podcast for normal people who want to be more awesome. If you have trouble deciding between just one more cupcake and just one more kettlebell swing, this is the podcast for you. I'm Joanna Shawflam. I'm an actor, a comedian, and a normal person. And I'm Daphne Yang. I'm a certified personal trainer, certified nutrition counselor, and the creator of Hit It, New York's ultimate high-intensity interval training workout. Before we begin, remember to talk to your doctor or medical practitioner before starting any workout or nutrition plan. We have a great listener question coming up towards the end of this episode, and it may inspire you to ask us a question. Uh, So if you have a question for us, please send it to us. We love getting questions so that we can talk about what you want to hear about on the show. You can email us at info at justonemorepodcast.com. You can tweet at us or send us an Instagram DM at justonemorepod. Or you can comment on our Facebook page or send us a Facebook message if you want it to be more on the DL uh, at facebook.com slash justonemorepodcast. So uh, send us those questions. We always love to hear them. They're always super interesting because you guys are fascinating. Um, So today we're talking about building muscles. (laughs) Uh, Was that your Arnold Schwarzenegger impression? I guess. (laughs) I did flex. Um, But uh, the reason I wanted to talk about this, we know we have people of all genders listening to the show, Um, but we are women, so we tend to think of things as women do. And um, women, really, this is an issue of, like, fitness media being super gendered, where women are told, like, only worry about losing weight. Lose weight, lose weight, lose weight, lose weight. And men are told, bulk up, bulk up, bulk up, bulk up, get as big as possible. And so we wanted to take it down a notch in this episode, just, like, chill it out a little bit on both of those counts, And talk about how normal people who are not bodybuilders or Arnold Schwarzenegger or whatever uh, can build muscle in a healthy, sustainable way. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's so important to have lean muscle mass and it's immensely important to have muscle. And I'm going to kind of put aesthetics to the side completely. Uh, I mean, yeah, everyone talks about muscle definition and we love words like tone and sculpt, and, and I know, and, and I've totally, I've totally made comments about how these words are so silly, even though I absolutely use them in my like social media and my marketing for my classes. Um, but but I I come from a place where I do believe in building lean muscle mass to keep the human body as balanced as possible and to prevent injury. And we're going to talk about all of the ways to build muscle, whether you're a woman or a man. Um, whether you want to build uh, muscle for aesthetic reasons or pain relief or just to feel stronger. I mean, those are all, I guess, valid reasons, but I do find sometimes that when we exercise, when we do things for a goal that does not have to do with aesthetics, sometimes it's more successful and sometimes it feels better emotionally. So, yeah, I'm excited to talk about how to build muscle. <laughs> was that your Arnold Schwarzenegger? That was my, I love Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I think I'm super into the... Um, yeah, I think he's hysterical. I've been watching some of those hysterical movies lately, the the Expendable series with all those so much testosterone. Yeah. So many and also so many boys. Definitely yeah. like injected hormones in that group <laughs> for sure. Like growth uh, hormone situations. I'm sure of it. I'm so sure of it. So that's not really what we're aiming for today, but fun movies. Um so First of all, let's start start at like a really basic level, which is what is muscle and what's happening in your body when you're building muscle. So muscle is a so it's 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 mass. Um, muscle exists in the body, and muscle can be grown, and muscle can be uh, 
can also shrink. <laughs> muscles can atrophy and muscles can grow. The purpose of muscle is to protect our spine. The purpose of muscle is to keep our bodies um, in alignment, uh, mainly to protect the spine and to protect the organs. So it's like we have spine, then we have muscle, or we have bones, then we have muscles, and then we have this big skin sack, which just kind of holds everything in. Which... I love that you said skin sack oh, this yeah. time instead of me. <laughs> I am also influencing you, Daphne. You don't just influence you me. You sure are. You sure are. Um, so when we when we think of muscle, I feel like we think of, for the most part, I feel like when people talk about the word muscle, uh, we have a very we have a very strong image of it. We think, you know, lean bodies and we think big biceps, big biceps. Um, when in reality, muscle is just a function of the, it's, it's just a kinesiology like aspect of the human body. It's something that we all have, something that we all need and something that we should all be utilizing. So the thing with muscle is that now in our kind of standard American day-to-day lives, a lot of people don't recruit muscle in the way that the human body was designed to recruit muscle. Because sitting in an office chair doesn't require the mm-hmm. same muscles as like chasing after a mastodon. Exactly, because caveman did not have laptops and caveman was not working at um, tech companies and hedge funds and, uh, you know... Or a or a boring firms, office company, like, yeah, yeah, or <laughs> which is where most people work. Yeah, caveman was definitely not um, caveman was definitely not as sedentary as we are. So what's happened in this standard American lifestyle that many of us have, um, many people have kind of eased into? It's it's we're sitting at desks and then we're sitting in cars and then we go home and we sit on our couch and then maybe we get in like some exercise during the week if it's possible. When really the goal is we want to be moving kind of all the time. And then, of course, getting in those strength training workouts. Um, but anyways, so Caveman Body was designed to be recruiting and utilizing muscle all the time. In this day and age, uh, people have less muscle. And as a result, I actually feel like people, that, that's why people's metabolisms are a little bit lower in this day and age. And why people have more pain. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So um, when we build muscle... Um, what you often describe as like lean muscle mass. Mm-hmm. What What is happening when we are building muscle? Like how are the muscles getting bigger? So muscle is, well, and then to go back to what exactly it is, it's, it's bundles of tissue, essentially. Uh, bundles of tissue and fibers that have the ability to contract. And then that's how we produce movement. And that's how we maintain body positions. Um, so when we are building muscle, this might sound kind of crazy, but in order to build muscle, we have to break down muscle a little bit. So in order to build muscle, we have to create these mini micro tears and these micro tears have to rebuild. And that's when the muscle gets bigger and stronger. And so to create this microscopic tear in this sense, the the word tear is actually not a, a bad word at all. And we want to create these tears. Sometimes that's where soreness comes from. Soreness will come from creating these microscopic tears. Um, I had someone at Hit It the other day say, like, my jeans are tighter around my butt. And I was like, she actually wasn't happy about it. And I was like, oh, it's it's because you're doing squats. Um, and she, and I was telling her she was definitely building a little bit of 
lean muscle mass and that was okay. And um, I myself, I noticed my quads are definitely a little bit, they feel a little bit larger when I run versus when I don't run. And that's okay. The thing with muscle is if you feel like, if you feel like you are, um, if you feel like you are building it and if you feel bigger or like you're bulking up, first of all, it's not visible to anyone else's eye. It's not visible to the human eye, like besides, um, besides yourself. And it's the benefits of building muscle versus just being skin and bones far outweigh the benefits of not having any muscle. Well, let's talk about that. So in talking about why we want to build muscle, if we're going to talk about it in a sense that's not because I want to look like a big studly uh, like Mustang of a dude, mm-hmm. um, what other reasons would we use to convince uh, our lovely listener that they should want to build some muscle? Mm-hmm. So in terms of the main reason why I recommend building lean muscle mass and why myself and many trainers and many people in the health and wellness industry. And I guess one of the good things is media is starting to kind of shift into this direction. We're starting to get out of this kind of cardio, like we've been stuck in cardio for a long time. Started way back when aerobics, aerobics videos, um, everyone just thought you had to do cardio, that you couldn't burn fat unless you did cardio. You couldn't get in shape unless you did cardio, which is actually a big disservice to our bodies to just do cardio all the time. Um, because the thing with repetitive cardio, the thing with rep- repetitive cardio is it's not that it necessarily breaks down muscle. It takes a lot to break down muscle. Um, it takes a lot for muscles to atrophy. Like I'm talking... Like I always use my ACL tear. That was like that was literally two months of not bearing any weight on right. my right. Like, or if you like leg. break your wrist and you have a cast mm-hmm. for two months and, and, and you have a little skinny arm, exactly. And then you have a little skinny arm. I had a little skinny quad. Um, or if you you know something happens and you're stranded in the desert for for a long for time, example, you know, for example, um, then yeah, your muscles might start to break down. So it's not that the doing forty five minutes on the treadmill or doing a forty five minute run. It's not that that's going to break down muscle. It's just that if you don't have the muscle strength to sustain that workout, if you're running all the time, if you're doing the elliptical all the time, if you're spinning all the time, because it's a repetitive movement that you're doing for so long, you are going to create muscle imbalances. And what I mean by that is um, things are going to get weak and then things are going to get tight. If you're running all the time, your hip flexors are going to get weak. If you're running all the time, your core is probably going to, you're going to have pressure on your lower back. So that's why we bring in building muscle. Because if we build muscle in your core, if we build muscle in your butt, if we build muscle in your upper back, then all of a sudden you can do this cardio, but you can do it a lot more successfully and with much less pain and um, ultimately experience less pain in day-to-day life. So when my focus of building lean muscle mass with my clients and and with my hit it students and pretty much with with anyone I meet is not necessarily the uh, is not at all actually the aesthetics the aesthetics come on their own um, but my goal is to create the most balanced body anatomically that I can possibly create so when I I sound like I'm creating a Frankenstein yeah. like or I'm like <laughs> mold me Doctor yeah. Yang <laughs> so. Um, so I, I look for imbalances first. 
check for people's posture. I check test for she's she says posture while looking at me. I'm like hunched over like Quasimodo over here while we record. I'm like uh, posture. We're trying to get as close to the microphones as possible. That's <laughs> so um, for people who do want to build muscle, reason number one prevents pain. Reason number two protects your bones. Osteoporosis does not come from having a nutritional deficiency. Osteoporosis comes from not having enough muscle. If you don't have muscle around your bones, the bones can get brittle because they have nothing to pull the nutrients from. So this is something I spoke about in a previous episode of our podcast. I want the one to say about the calcium, bone, I think. The, the calcium. Oh, one. maybe it was yeah. bones and calcium. I think it was bones and calcium where, um, example, I have a client right now who is um, 50 and uh, and has osteoporosis at age 50. And what myself and her doctors have recommended, which is almost odd because you think with someone who has weaker bones, you want to be very gentle with them. But the top recommendation from the doctor who I have been actually speaking with is to build lean muscle mass. Like we need to get this woman eating more protein and eating more, um, uh, eating more in general, really with this client specifically, and building lean muscle mass so that the bones have nutrients to draw from the muscles. That's how the bones get the things that they need. It's from the muscle mass. So if you don't have any muscle mass around the bone, then you're more inclined to have stress fractures, hip fractures. And I'm not even talking about like geriatric, um, uh, issues. Uh, but I'm talking about like very present, like in the moment, I've also had People who, uh, you know, I work very closely with the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. So I work with a lot of runners who have Crohn's disease. And they also struggle with building lean muscle because of the fact that they sometimes can't get in enough nutrients. Um, sometimes they are not as focused on exercise and strength training because they're dealing with... They have this huge other thing yeah, that they're, they're dealing with. They're dealing with their digestive issues. And sometimes their, di- um, sometimes their intestines do not absorb as many nutrients as we need, and lo and behold, uh, stress fractures. So many stress fractures, and not even from the actual running, from hair dryers being dropped on feet, you yeah. know? So we need to, so the second reason why I think, why I believe building muscle is important is to protect our bones. So the first reason really is to just create complete body balance to prevent pain and to um, to protect our uh, to, to move better, to feel balanced and to feel good and strong and in our bodies. Uh, and then the second reason being to keep our bones as healthy as possible. So here's the thing though, Daphne, I'm a sexy, sexy lady (laughs) and I don't want to bulk up. I don't want to look like uh, a bodybuilder. Like I want to remain a toned and sleek Sexy, sexy lady. So is strength training really for me? Should I really be thinking about building muscle? Oh my gosh, Joanna, this is, this could be an episode in itself. Um, Yeah, dissecting this. So I can't tell you how many times I, when I first started training and I was still dealing with my own insecurities about my own body, how many times um, I would get a client, a female client who... During this era, it worked. The way it worked is you are a trainer at a gym, and every person who joins the gym gets two free personal training sessions. And obviously, the goal is to convert the person into a full-paying client. Um, 
And the gym that I was working at at the time was in Murray Hill. So it was a lot of young girls. Young girls who maybe didn't have the... Young women. Young, young women, yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't like, like personal no, training a bunch of 12-year-olds. No, it was not personal training a whole bunch of 12-year-olds. But it's like uh, a we lot about, of women who were like straight out of sororities, I yeah, would guess. Yeah, 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 definitely. That's the, if you don't live in New York, that's like the totally. vibe in Murray Hill. Mm-hmm. And I was at that age as, t- uh, as well. I was, I was at this gym between the ages of 22 and 25. And uh, my physique has been the same pretty much my entire life. Uh, <laughs> I... Um, yeah. Some people build muscle a little bit easier than others, and I'm going to get into that uh, in a little bit. So one thing that I thought, oftentimes I would meet with a, a young woman <laughs> who would maybe be either younger than me or about my age, and I was convinced that they didn't want to work with me because they didn't want to look like me. Like whenever they would do their two free sessions and then they didn't buy a package, right? Yeah. Um, granted, I was still very young. And I'm very open about dealing with my own, you know, former insecurities of my body and um, either my weight or being too muscular, which um, uh, which many females also do deal with as well. And I was convinced that they didn't want to work out with me. They didn't want to train with me because they didn't want to look like me. So can I just say, first of all, my heart breaks for tiny <laughs> Daphne, twenty-two-year-old Daphne, because like. <laughs> I, you know, I, I have some like empathy for what that must've felt like. Mm -hmm. And so I'm so sad, but also, um, the average listener who has any idea what you look like (laughs) listening to this is like rolling their eyes, but like, listen, I'm in the room with her now, you guys, I see what she looks like, but I also feel that like, she's totally genuine about having had that experience. Right. right. So you've also known me since I was, we were 18. Right. So, yeah. And And I do understand. So we've known each other for Five years. <laughs> <laughs> Lies. Uh, it's been a little bit more than that, listeners. Um, but I do understand what you mean because I also am in the world and know mm-hmm. what sort of the American ideal body type is, which is much taller than either of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially in the time that we were growing up, was like pretty waifish. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And And there are people who still want to be... Pretty wayfish, yeah, and, yeah, to- and that that can totally mess with emotions and and um, and be in our, our heads. Um, so I was very aware of this, and granted, I was probably more aware of it than uh, I mean than the person I was with for those two free sessions. Mm-hmm. And looking back on it, I doubt they had any. They weren't thinking that at all. Like yeah. everyone's so. Another thing too is everyone's so consumed with their own. You know, no one's thinking about what someone else looks like. Um, most people, I'm very sure that those people coming into those personal training sessions were not even thinking about me, but more so about themselves and their own experience. Um, and, and also, so people weren't buying as many packages because this was 2008 and we were going through a recession. And also these were kids. These yeah. were 22-year-old girls who whose parents may or may not have funded them. Like, I don't even know how many of them had jobs, you know? So, but in my head at the time, in my head at the time, um, I can't tell you how many times I thought to myself, um, oh, they don't want to work out with me because they think they're going to look like me and they don't want to look like me. And, um, and having let that go many years ago, like when I hit my mid twenties was, was a very powerful thing. So girls, (laughs) ladies, Ladies, gals, women, um, you're not going to bulk up. This is fact of the matter. You won't bulk up. Um, females, 
we don't physically have enough testosterone to to bulk up to get swole. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we don't. And if you if that is a concern, if that is like a very major major concern, um, if you take a look at maybe like bodybuilding competitions and. Uh, the, the women who enter either bodybuilding competitions or bikini competitions are training with this, with a very different intent. And, um, and I know for the most part now, everything is just completely steroid free, I believe. And in terms of what I know about this world, I actually don't know too much. I just know that it is a rigorous process going through these like bikini competitions and the bikini competitions, you see the women and you see every single muscle. And maybe they look bulky to some people. Maybe they don't look bulky to some people because beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? So in terms of getting so big that you don't feel feminine, I think that's a fear of some people. I know I personally have dealt with that before. Um, but if you uh, – what I have to just like kind of put my foot down and say is that will – that will not happen. And then when you see cases where people do look either very masculine or very muscular or uh, that was probably the intent, whether it's with some athletes or competitive women who are competing. Um, and then I challenge you if, if bulking up or if, if, you're, if, if you do have a fear of building lean muscle mass, of building muscle, um, I, I challenge you to explore that, and I, I challenge you to see where that's coming from. Also, this is such a great example of how normal people think about stuff. Mm-hmm. I love how we're, like, sitting on our couch, eating Doritos, and watching Netflix, and we're like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I definitely shouldn't strength train, because obviously, if I went to the gym even one time, I would work out so hard and so efficiently that I would get yeah, the bulky. body of someone who's doing this as a full-time totally, job. Right? It's so ridiculous, yeah. except that we all like make these giant mental leaps while we're sitting on our couch. Don't worry. You're not going to bulk up because, honestly, you're not going to work out as hard as those people. Yeah, yeah. So like, true. You're not. It's like, it's almost like, don't give yourself that much credit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> don't give yourself that much credit that you're going to bulk up when yeah, yeah, when you need to start doing this just to begin with. Start with working um, out one time. And yeah. then maybe, like, yeah, once you've been to the gym more than once. Totally. <laughs> we can talk about if you're going to get as bulky as someone who does it professionally. And another important reason as to why we need lean muscle mass and why we need to build muscle, that's how we keep our metabolism running. But, uh, muscles are constantly using energy. And so if we build lean muscle mass and our metabolism, um, just our body's functions, our body's systems are all functioning optimally and are functioning faster. We like that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what are the keys to building lean muscle? Okay, so how do we build lean muscle mass? Um, the very first thing to do, strength train. Rule number one, you have to strength train. So people oftentimes will ask me, well, can I build muscle by just running? Yes and no. Yes and no in the sense that you will work those muscles that you need for running. And I know earlier I said, like, my quads get a little bit bigger when I run. Um, I actually think that that's just the blood going to that area. Um, But uh, we have to do strength moves. 
Notice I said strength and not necessarily weightlifting because strength training can also involve body weight exercises. So you can absolutely, because I, I believe that people do not need fancy gyms in order to get strong. And I believe, and this is something we talk about all the time on the podcast, if you have an apartment and if you have enough room to lay down a bath towel, you have enough room to do a workout. So starting at like the bare, the bare bones of this, you can absolutely build muscle by doing strength moves, body weight strength moves at home. Next step, incorporate dumbbells. Incorporate equipment that is a little bit heavier. Will you gain muscle a little bit faster with some equipment? Yes, you will. And what I mean by that is, um, example, back exercises. Sometimes with back exercises, we actually do need some dumbbells. We can do supermen. We can do lower back extensions with no dumbbells. But if we really do want to strengthen our backs and our shoulders, there are plenty of things we can do without weight. But if we do bring in just some dumbbells, um, then we can make that happen a little bit faster. That totally makes sense because when you're using, really what weights are is increasing the resistance. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense that if you have to like pull harder or lift harder, your muscles are working harder so they would build up faster. Mm -hmm. It feels logical to me. Yes, absolutely. So um, strength training, but also strength training appropriately where you get through. So some people will only do two sets of exercises. I believe in doing three because I feel like it's that third set. Example, if I'm doing three sets of 15 push-ups. So say I do 15 push-ups once and then I rest a little bit or don't rest, do some squats instead. Um, which is called circuit training. Uh, and then I do those 15 squats again, and then maybe I'll do my squat. Oh, sorry, 15 push-ups again, and then I'll do something else. And then it's when I get to that last, that third round, or that third set of 15 push-ups. That's when I'm like, strugs. It's like, <laughs> that's, that's when... um, struggling for people who don't speak millennial. <laughs> Obvi. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, um, that is when I personally feel like we are truly creating those micro tears that I was talking about, creating those micro tears. And um, so I believe in doing things slowly and slowly so that you can feel the muscles being recruited, but also going for that third set. That being said, everyone knows I'm the queen of high intensity interval training. So that being said, I know you can incorporate cardio into the strength and everything can get combined together. So one thing that I have found very successful is when planning your own workout, implementing strength and implementing cardio, and sometimes even combining all of that into some cool high-intensity interval training format, because jump squats sure as heck are going to build leg muscle and glute strength, but they're also going to build your lung capacity and your heart strength. And then you can do 20 seconds of jump squats, and you can go do 20 seconds of push-ups, and then repeat that a whole bunch of times, and boom, strength and cardio all in one go. Yeah, I think um, the sort of traditional style of um, strength training, especially with dumbbells, involves like doing a set and then sitting around for a while and then mm -hmm. doing a set and then sitting around for a while, yeah. which means your workout takes a really long time and your heart rate isn't that high. Mm -hmm. But whether you're doing hit or you're just doing circuits, if you're not resting in between exercises, but you're resting muscle groups by switching to an exercise that uses a different muscle group, you get that heart rate, um, up there without, 
and your workout doesn't take as long. Mm-hmm. So it's like yeah. a double double benefit to doing your workouts, either hit style or definitely, circuit style. Definitely. And then if um, and then for 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 guys out there who, if, if the intent is to make muscles bigger, and if the in, which is totally the case. I mean, some people do want that, some people don't. Um, but it, it is also. Uh, you know, this whole notion of efficiency, right? This, the, which is something that I believe wholeheartedly in, like no one has time to do anything anymore. So, so if we can get our workouts in, in like 30, 45 minutes, we're, we're happy campers. Um, however, there, the, the, the school of thought in which you do an exercise and then you do, um, uh, you do rest for a bit in between and then go back to that same exercise it is still very valid. So to have some like a, maybe three minutes of recovery time before you go back to that exercise, you could be doing something else in the meantime if you wanted to. Another thing too uh, that I do want to mention, um, there's something called time under tension. So what that is is when you are doing your push-ups or your squats, so say you are doing something maybe not so cardiovascular, say you're doing, ex- example, lat pull-downs at a gym. Go slow so that you feel the muscles down and up, like when you're pulling your arms down and then when you're letting your arms go back up versus just pulling, 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 um, keeping that tension under the muscles, you'll notice that you can't do as many reps probably and that's okay. In terms, this is actually a, a very good segue into how many reps of every exercise you should be doing. It, I say it varies between the exercise and your strength levels. So anywhere from 8 to 15 in all honesty. Eight to fifteen is, is what I is what I go for. Um, you know, I have clients. will maybe we'll be doing bench press. We go for ten. You know, but then when we do push ups, we can do twenty. So, really, it depends on the person and what full fatigue means to everyone else. There are some people out there who say just doing five reps of an exercise is good, and that's going really heavy. And sometimes, and I've even played around with that as well, and that still works as well. But personally, for me, uh, for men and women, I say between eight to fifteen. And so what we want to be doing is do, do an exercise, um, like eight to 15 times in a row, uh, slowly enough that we can really feel our muscles working and make mm-hmm. sure we're not sort of just swinging stuff around, but that mm-hmm. we're using good form and everything. Um, and each of those eight to 15 rep sets, we want to be like towards the end, it gets pretty hard mm-hmm. to do it. Yep. Um, and then either take a rest or do something else. And then we're going to do that same set two more times in our workout. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've recovered enough in between that when we start back up again, we're good. And as we get closer to the end of our number of reps, we're getting tired again. And then take a rest, come back, same thing. So that each time we go through the exercise, towards the end of our number of reps, we want to be sort of like pushing up against the edge of what we yep, can do. Exactly. Um, and then letting ourselves recover before we do it again. But then again, sort of the same thing on a larger scale, when we get to the third set of that exercise, like that set should be harder to do Mm -hmm. than the other ones because you should be tired. Exactly. And that's how we work you to full fatigue. And that's how we create those mini micro tears that then repair and rebuild. And that is how we actually build lean muscle mass. Nice. Um, How many times a week should we be doing this? So I actually recommend, well, it's minimum once, minimum once Uh, in terms of the actual programming I, I, I say if someone is not strength training at all, um, and then I'm not going to lie, I mean, the way my schedule's been lately, it's been, it's, I've been like lucky to get in at least one strength training workout a week. And, um, I can't even tell you how important it is. 
I can't even tell you how important it is. If you only get in one a week, you got to kill every single bird and like <laughs> that, that one strength workout, which is fine. And um, so if you only have once a week, I recommend getting in something for your chest, something for your back, something for your shoulders, some abs, and then a lot of legs. That's what I recommend. Here's another thing I recommend. If you are strength training and if you do want to see results quicker, do it two times a week on non-consecutive days. You have the option of doing the same workout just on non-consecutive days. Say it's like two total body strength workouts on two non-consecutive days. Or if you are the type of person who, and sometimes I get into this routine too, where I end up going to the gym every single day and do something different. Not every single day. You guys know what I mean. I'm like maybe three days in a row or something. (laughs) Um, I'll go over my current workout routine too, if if that's helpful. But um, uh, for people who are consecutive in terms of going to the gym, say that they like to go to the gym almost every day because it's part of their routine. Maybe they go on their way to work, they go on their way home from work. Um, Then when that's the case, you can absolutely split up muscle groups. So this has happened to me and I would say like in recent months, um, just the way my schedule was working out. I I like had a morning client every day, 7am and then would go right to the gym afterwards. Um, And Uh, breaking it up so that one day I did some legs and then mainly like back work, back, biceps, lats. Uh, And then the next day I would do abs and then I would do maybe some lower body, but then I would do predominantly chest, triceps. Um, And then like example, I have, I do have clients who I do see every single day. So I see, I have clients who train six days a week, which is crazy. Um, Not crazy. It's it's amazing. (laughs) No, I don't mean that's crazy. Like that, like they're crazy, but, um, you know, crazy in a good way, but then it's up to me as the trainer to divide the workouts up so that every day we're doing something different and that I am letting the muscles repair that need to repair and rebuild, do their thing, and also breaking up the workouts so we're not doing the same exercises every single day and so that we're working different muscle groups every day. Now, in terms of what I consider an ideal workout week, me personally, I would recommend, and I'm, I'm going to throw in strength and hit kind of into the same category right now because you can do a lot of the same moves when you're doing high-intensity interval training because I totally consider jump squats and jump lunges and burpees. That's, that's cardio. It's also strength. So doing that at least two times a week, uh, this is ideal for even me right now. <laughs> and then if not, like, who cares? You know, everyone's schedules are different. Shoot for um, the exercise moon, and even if shoot. you miss, you'll land among yeah, the exercise exactly. stars. Exactly. I love that, Joanna. Um, I, I do think there is some wonderful endorphin and stress relief rush from doing cardio. Um, I, I took a spin class the other day, and it was amazing. I had so much fun. The energy was, like, complete. I was totally drenched, too. Um uh, I love running. Everyone knows I love running outdoors and I love Bikram yoga. And I know Joanna, you love spin and you love running and you love yoga. And I think kind of combining, I think combining all of that kind of turns it into an overall balanced workout week. So really when it comes to strength training, once a week, minimum, once a week, minimum to protect your body, essentially to at least keep your body strong and stable Two times a week, if you want to actually start to see some physical results and to really up the metabolism. And then, you know, if, say, you're way more into strength training than you are cardio, then, yeah, up it to three times a week. So, um, uh, and then feel free to either do total body strength every single time or break up the muscle groups. So that's my recommendation. 
Nice. Yeah. Just the, the golden rule of thumb, though, is to never work the same muscle group two days in a row. And you have said, too, that we make fitness gains during recovery. Mm-hmm. So yep. that's what you're talking about here is you yep. don't want to, like, work out every day the exact same stuff because then your muscles don't get mm-hmm. to repair. And it's actually that repairing that builds muscle, right? Absolutely. So it's called the general adaptation syndrome or GAS. Uh, and this uh, this syndrome, GAS, it states that in order to um, – there are two sides to the coin. We have to put stress on the body, and then we have to recover from the stress. So we have to put this good stress on the body of strength training, but then we need to recover from the stress in order to make fitness gains. So I even tell, like when I'm coaching runners, people wonder, how do I get from one mile to 13? Like, how am I going to run one mile and then in 14 weeks run 13 miles, like for a half marathon? And then I always say it's a general adaptation syndrome. You know, you do a few one-mile runs in one week, and then you get stronger than you do a few two mile runs the next week and then you get stronger you recover from that you get stronger so the same uh principle applies to strength training so gas general adaptation syndrome it's a gas well so we've talked a bunch about the exercise side of building muscle i thought we could talk quickly about the nutrition Mm -hmm. side of building muscle because there are all sorts of um like meme things about exercise and fitness. And one of them that I see all over is abs are made in the kitchen, Yeah, which, you know, stuff like that makes me eye roll a little bit. But I do know that like what you are eating affects your ability to build muscle. So Mm -hmm. not so much in terms of like, what do I need to eat so my abs show? Mm -hmm. But in terms of like, what do I need to fuel my body to make sure that I have what I need to build muscle? Yeah. So that's really important. Nutrition is key. Uh, nutrition is really key when it comes to when it comes to all aspects. I think of of um, of health and wellness, but when it comes to building lean muscle mass, uh, nutrition is it's it's critical. So, protein protein is is absolutely critical to ingest. So this might actually sound kind of weird. Um, when we go into workouts. We actually don't need to be as fed as, as we think we should be. So we, we've kind of, we kind of have this notion that we have to, you know, have lunch and then have a snack and then work out and then have a snack and then have dinner. So that's, we actually, that's actually not, that's, we actually don't need that much. Pretty much as long as we're getting protein kind of throughout the entire day, then, um, then we are good. And this is going to sound crazy. I have some new research that has been really big lately. Um, so the past, I would say maybe 10, like maybe the past like three decades or so, um, there are many things that many schools of thought that have existed for a really long time. The school of thought that I'm going to talk about is we have to eat within 30 minutes of working out. So it's, it is amazing when things kind of come to light too. And we realize a lot of this information has come from industries that are having you try to buy their product so that you can consume it within 30 minutes of working out example. Right. I'm not going to name them, but But just like protein products. Right. Protein, gym, gym promoted, uh, protein, uh, snacks and things. Yeah. So I've been listening to a lot of doctors lately. This has actually been like a really big thing for me as I really kind of like dive into the science of muscle building and health. Um, I would say the last few months. Uh, so this notion that we have to, that, that our bodies will eat muscle if we don't eat right away is completely false. 
and the human body is designed to survive much longer without dipping into using it will not catabolize muscle as quickly as we think it is so in terms of this this 30 minute window i'm like i'm debunking the myth right now well so bust that myth this is going to sound crazy eat when you're hungry after your workout <laughs> what i know you're crazy it's crazy so i've had people tell me like they'll have a snack before and then they'll work out and then they're still digesting the snack after the workout. Like, you can still kind of feel it. It's there. Maybe you're burping it up a little bit. Um, also, because when you work out, a lot of the blood goes away from digestion into your... to. So it's like, whatever you had, it's still in your system. So if you're still burping up food in your system, why would you need to ingest more food if your body hasn't even processed that? When you, your stomach knows, your body knows it's there, it can use it for energy. But people are eating anyways because they have this fear. And then if... if if fat reduction is even like a thing, that's going to negate it all completely. So here's here's the interesting thing. After we strength train, we're releasing hormones. And you actually kind of want these hormones to just kind of exist and float in your body and kind of do their thing without you actually having to 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 eat and produce insulin, which insulin kind of blocks these hormones from functioning and building muscle. I know it's like crazy... Um, you guys just wait. You heard it here first. Um, but this is this is all over the place right now in terms of the medical world. Um, uh, it's something called human growth hormone. And human growth hormone is something that we as humans produce naturally. And as we get older and older and older, we produce less of it. That's why human growth hormone is responsible for metabolism, fat loss, muscle building. That's why teenagers are able to build muscle so fast. You always hear girls say like, oh my gosh, I was able to lose so weight so quickly when I was 14, but I can't do it now. It's because of human growth hormone. If you actually work out and let your body kind of resonate in that workout state for a little bit, you're pumping human growth hormone, which is how we build muscle. So you don't want to dull that down by eating right away, which then produces insulin. And insulin is a hormone that blocks human growth hormone. So I know this is getting like super hormony. <laughs> but um, so this notion of having to eat right away is not, not, um, not valid anymore, which is crazy. It's like 10 years of personal training just totally debunked. That being said, yes, you should be eating nutrient-dense foods, healthy foods, go for options that are um, – uh, and I have a ton of like things that I personally love to eat, like quinoa and nuts and eggs and steak and chicken and um, beans and chickpeas. And did I say eggs? I will say eggs again. And nut butters. Like these are all things that promote just a healthy overall body. When you have a healthy overall body, you will build muscle. Um, I personally don't feel like there is too much need for uh, too much supplementation. I have, yes, I've used protein powders in the past, um, and I still have them, and, and I like them. Um, I, they're not necessarily, not necessary all the time. But in terms of muscle building and nutrition, if you are eating nutrient-dense foods throughout the day when you are hungry, if you are, when you are strength training, and then lastly, when you are getting adequate sleep for A, for your muscles to repair and rebuild from the workout, and then B, we release, once again, human growth hormone when we are sleeping. That's why I always recommend not going to bed too full. Because um, when you go to bed full, you're producing insulin. And when you're producing insulin, you're not producing any human growth hormone. And um, that's how we build muscle. Da, 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 da. And da, da, da. that's my story. <laughs> <laughs> well, the last thing I wanted to touch on is something that you've mentioned a little bit as we've been talking, which is 
Some people just seem to build muscle more easily, <laughs> or they build it in ways that we think are more attractive mm-hmm. than the ways we build it, <laughs> or whatever it is. And so genetics really are a factor here. I mean, we should all be building yeah. muscle, but like our genes do seem to have a big effect uh, so in terms true. of like how easy it is for us to build muscle and where we where we like carry muscle, yeah. and that's sort of out of our control, right? It, it is. So... Um, Especially women, we have two real types of bodies, right? We have pears and we have apples. And that's just like the genetic build. That is 1,000% genetics. 1,000% genetics. Um, That depends on your mom and your dad and your aunts and like uncles and grandparents. And like, you know, I like I inherited like my mom's body, my grandma's snoring. Like, like (laughs) it's just, it's like crazy. You know, you end up you realize how you realize there are some so many things that you actually do not have control over. So yes, some people do build muscle faster. And here's the reason why some people naturally just have higher levels of testosterone in their body. Um, some people have higher levels of estrogen in their body. Um, some people are more naturally pear shaped. They're curvier. They are, um, uh, maybe I guess more, more feminine, I guess is, is the word I'm looking for. We can say more traditionally feminine, traditionally feminine. Um, whereas there are some females who are just rectangles and who just, uh, and who just look like, you know, straight up, straight down and maybe a little bit more athletic looking. So that just has to do with testosterone. Um, in my case, you know, I always talk about how I, feel like I actually started exercising a little too early. I wasn't developed at all when I started strength training. Um, and then not to say like girls who, well, actually I can talk about gymnastics a little bit. So I started dancing when I was really young. I don't think dance will, I think dance is so great in the sense that it improves coordination and flexibility and, and even clients who I have now who are maybe in their forties, even if they dance from ages like, I don't know, three to 18, but like kind of loosely, like maybe they danced in the studio for the first 10 years and then they were just dancing in high school. Um, the coordination levels are so much better than when I work with a guy who's like never done anything. (laughs) So, um, that's important. However, what I'm referring to is I believe that I started strength training too early. I was 12 when I started strength training. Um, so I was, I hadn't even really fully gone through puberty yet. So as a result, I believe that my body started to produce a little bit more testosterone early on. And I did notice that, um, one thing I was very aware of was I thought my legs were very strong and, or I, I, at the time I thought they were like very bulky and they, and they were not slender and they weren't waifish like what I wanted, you know? So, um, this is, this is all, by the way, when I was like 12 and 13, I do not think any of those things anymore at age 32. So, um, uh, that does affect it. And then you will also notice there are some kids who, when they start like aggressive training early, like gymnastics, or if they go into swimming like aggressively, like very early on in their lives, or if they are get really into sport. I mean, I played soccer starting at age eight, but I wasn't the way I remember there were some girls who played soccer, like, like they were in like the, the league soccer and yeah. they like looked like athletes. So I actually feel like people who do start at an earlier age do build muscle quicker for for life because I think it has to do with testosterone. I think it has to do with testosterone, but it could also just have to do with lifestyle. Maybe they started early and then they just continued doing athletics early. It could also be that the kids who stay in sports are the ones who are naturally suited to building muscle. It could be too. You know, I 
played sports when I was younger, but I was never all that good at them. And Mm -hmm. so I didn't keep doing them. And so, you know, who knows? Mm -hmm. But it is a thing to think about in terms of like what activities your kids are doing if you have kids. Yeah, absolutely. I do think it is important for kids to get in physical activity. I really, really do. Um, I also think if, if you have kids who, um, there's a reason why gyms, there's like an age limit or like a, like you have to be 16 years old to like enter a gym. There's a reason for that. Yeah. (laughs) Your, your little kid doesn't need to be, uh, you know, lifting weights and bodybuilding. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so I'm going to do a little bit of a takeaway here. Mm -hmm. So, um, we're going to talk about building muscle because, uh, the fitness world is really stratified in terms of what they tell each gender to worry about when they're working out. And we're going to come together in the middle with something we can all do, uh, which is build muscle in a healthy and sustainable way. Mm-hmm. We want to build muscle to protect our bodies from injury and um, to keep our bodies balanced. And we also want to build lean muscle mass because that's how our bones get calcium. Mm-hmm. So we need to protect our bones. Uh, we're not going to get bulky like a bodybuilder because first of all, we're not that good. And second <laughs> of all, um, we're not going to be working out that hard. So we don't have to worry about it. Um, and, uh, the keys to building muscle are, um, putting stress on those muscles through strength training. Um, and if you use weights or other forms of resistance, you're going to build muscle faster because your muscles are working harder. Um, so we want to be, uh, strength training, um, definitely once a week, ideally twice a week. Um, and potentially you can do more than that if you're into it or you want, you know, results faster. You just want to make sure you're taking time to recover and you're not doing the same, you're not working the same muscle groups on consecutive days because of the general adaptation syndrome, GAS, which says our bodies make fitness gains during recovery. Um, and, uh, as far as nutrition goes, we don't necessarily have to be eating protein shakes and stuff before, after, and during workouts. What we want to be doing is eating a nutrient-dense and protein-filled diet all the time and basing when we eat on when we're hungry, not just on when we worked out, because after we work out, our hormones and stuff are doing good stuff in our bodies, and we don't want to unnecessarily shut it down by eating just for the sake of eating. We want to eat when we're hungry, because our body knows when we need to eat food. And at the end of the day, uh, your genes have a lot to do with how building muscle works for you. So don't give yourself a hard time if you uh, t- if it takes you longer than other people, or if it doesn't. You know, if you're ne- if you have a really hard time getting giant biceps, like that may just be your lot in life. And strength training is still good for you for all of the reasons that we talked about uh, before. How did you do, Daphne? That was an amazing takeaway, Joanna. <laughs> that was, you crushed it. Thank you, Daphne. I think that's all we needed for the podcast. So uh, show us your muscles, everybody. Send us, send us your biceps. <laughs> or whatever your, glute, don't send us your glutes. That seems weird. Send us your sweaty selfies yes. after your strength training. That's a good non-creepy yeah. way to say mm-hmm. it. Good yeah, job, Daphne. Sweaty selfie. It's <laughs> a non-creepy way. Show us your glutes. <laughs> <laughs> is a listener question from our Facebook page. Um, Maddie writes, the losing weight episode really resonated. That was our episode, is it okay to want to lose weight? So go back and check it out if you haven't heard of it. She says, thanks for spending so much time on that topic. Could you guys speak to keeping clothes that don't fit? I've Marie Kondo'd a lot. (laughs) 
<laughs> but there are some dresses that do, quote, bring me joy that are beautiful pieces and I love them, but they don't fit and honestly may never fit. Thoughts? So first I'll do an explanatory comma about Marie Kondo for anyone who hasn't read her book. Uh, her book is like the life-changing something of, of tidying up. And it's this really specific uh, idea of um, sort of minimalism where like you're supposed to sort of purge everything from your house that doesn't bring you joy. Mm -hmm. It's called the life-changing magic of tidying magic. up. Yes. Yeah. Um, so what Maddie is basically saying here is what do you do with those clothes you love that don't fit anymore and honestly may never fit again? How do you deal with being realistic about and and um, sensitive about your body and where what size it is, mm -hmm. but also it's hard to give up stuff that you really like, especially if yeah. it's expensive or if there's emotion attached to oh, it. Totally, totally. All that stuff. I totally um, empathize with that, and I think that the the whole concept of Marie Kondo is she's a professional organizer. And um, has made so many strides, and I, I do feel like she's changed a lot of people's lives when it comes to when it comes to decluttering and when it comes to clearing your space and your life energetically. So when something does bring you so much joy, the dilemma is the dilemma is one of the things that we always talk about is okay if if something if you, if you're not going to wear it anymore, um, if something doesn't fit then it's going to make you feel bad if you keep it, right? Like, that's the, we have this notion like, oh, if some, you have something and it is either too big or too small, it will make you feel bad. And that's not the case with all pieces of clothing. Like, some clothes are fun and some clothes are beautiful and some clothes are expensive. And I do think that they're... I do think that even if we outgrow them, um, even if our bodies change, I still think that it's totally valid to... To save them. I do. Yeah. I do. I think it's okay for the, the nostalgia factor, provided that that piece of clothing does not bring up any negative aspects. If that piece of clothing does not make you feel bad in any way, shape, or form about just normal changes in the human body, because our, the human body changes and weight fluctuates, and that is just the way the cookie crumbles with, with bodies... Um, then I say keep it. And then I wonder as my, my creative brain is turning, I'm like, oh, maybe you could turn it into like a, I don't know, like use the fabric for something else. Or totally. As, as if I know how to sew. I was like, oh, make a, I don't know. Quilt. A pillow out of it. Or, um, but if it's something like, say that's a gorgeous pattern or it's like a fun piece, I don't know, maybe use it for something else or give it to someone who you know will love it as much as you. Totally. Yeah, I definitely feel this. I think there's a real difference between, like, the jeans you fit in when you weighed 15 pounds less versus, like, your um, wedding dress, right? Totally. So that's, the, that's exactly it. The yeah. jeans are not special except that there's some corner of your brain that's like, maybe someday I'll be able to fit in those again. Mm -hmm. And in that case, get rid of those jeans. Yeah. Those jeans yeah. do not matter. You were not a better person when you were 15 pounds lighter. Right. Um, get new jeans that make you feel awesome now. Yeah. Like, get those jeans out of there. Your wedding dress, no one is ever going to say, like, that doesn't fit you anymore. Right. Get rid of it. Right? right? Yeah. Like, yeah. that obviously has emotional value. So when you're thinking about, like, do I keep it? Do I get rid of it? If it never, if it might never fit again, 
Um, I think, first of all, acknowledging to yourself that it might never fit again is important. Yes. Um, That's step one, I think. And then from there, say, like, is this the jeans from high school or is this the wedding dress? Right, And, like, where on that spectrum is it? For example, I have this shirt that I got at Old Navy in high school. It is not an expensive shirt, but it's this, like, white blouse with red uh, flowers on it. And it was the first piece of clothing that I, like, picked out for myself and got a ton of compliments on. Mm -hmm. And I wore it a lot around the time that my husband and I started dating because we met in high school. So (laughs) So that shirt does not fit anymore. But I've never been able to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. And um, I decided at one point, it was one of those things where, like, every time I went through my clothes, I would, like, take it out, hem and haw, and then just put it back. Mm -hmm. And I eventually decided, I'm never going to get rid of this shirt. I know I'm never going to wear it again, mm-hmm. but it's it's like the one piece of clothing that I have from that time period that does hold that memory yeah. for me, and so I've decided it's okay if I hold on to that, yeah. and maybe someday I will like make it into a quilt or like <laughs> send it to someone on et- Etsy yeah. and have them make it into a pillow or whatever, <laughs> but it makes me feel good to have that item of clothing and not bad, mm-hmm. so I feel like it's okay. Totally. Um, on... Counterexample, I think, is um, prom dresses. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people end up keeping prom dresses because they're like an early expensive clothing purchase. Mm-hmm. Like for me, they were definitely the first thing I ever bought myself that was like more than $100. Mm-hmm. Not a lot more, but like a little bit more. And so it seemed insane to not keep them. Mm-hmm. But you are not going to wear your prom dress yeah. again, especially if you're 32. <laughs> um, and there are all these organizations that take donated prom dresses. Oh, Because yeah. there are tons of high school girls that would like to go to the prom oh and can't gosh. afford a $100 dress. Totally. Because that's insane. Um, so uh, with prom dresses especially, or like bridesmaids dresses, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. That's a good one, too. Donating those is great because there are girls who they will fit for whom that will be like really meaningful yeah so to me that's pretty compelling for that like specific thing totally but yeah it's okay to hold on to a couple things that you love yeah just make sure you're not holding on to them because you uh have this idea that when you finally fit in them again your life will be complete Mm -hmm. yeah if it has nothing to do with that and if it really is just a piece of clothing that has awesome memories associated to with it and if it's a, even if it's a piece of clothing that just looking at it makes you happy, yeah, for sure, keep it. And then everything else, it's, um, it is amazing how, how, like, donating things, it, it feels good. Like, it's, it's not a, knowing that you're not just throwing something away, but that it, it will hopefully go to a good home. Um, sometimes that takes the, the stress out of getting rid of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But. All this being said, my mom has been telling me about, going through our house and the stuff that's in the house that I grew up in. And she said one thing that she uses to decide whether or not to keep something, if she's sort of emotionally attached to it, is she thinks, if I die and Joanna and Allison have to go through this house, are they going to chuck this in the garbage right away? Because if so, I should just chuck it in the garbage now. And mom, I appreciate it. I think that's very smart. Amazing. On the other hand, if you're going to enjoy it until that time, I don't mind chucking it in the garbage. So do what works for you. Thanks for your question, Maddie. Thanks, Maddie. Thanks for listening to Just One More with Joanna and Daphne. Our show is hosted by Daphne Yang and me, Joanna Shaw-Flam. We're produced and edited by me. Our theme music is by Hannah vs. The Many, who you can hear at hannahvsthemany.com. We'll be back next week. You can make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing to Just One More on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, or whatever you use to listen to podcasts. For show notes and help subscribing, you can go to our website, justonemorepodcast.com. 
Let us know what you think. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Just One More Pod, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Just One More Podcast, or you can email us at info at Just One More Podcast.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week. Bye.